Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's what's your your weird story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. I'm your co-host, Barry Johnston, and with me as always, my most special, greatest asset, uh, any and all the above, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm doing good, man. Are we running out of superlatives for each other? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Terrific. Yeah. Exactly. uh, (laughs) (laughs) How's it going? Uh, It is. It's going pretty good, man. You know, just uh, just keeping in the uh, keeping to the daily grind, as it were, and uh, you know, living as we do in this uh, strange world we find ourselves currently in, and you know, before and after. So, how are you doing, man? Good. Same. Uh, Just staying busy as much as we can and uh yeah things are good so nothing nothing too new to uh to report on that front but uh i we talked a little bit before we were rolling and you got something that we were gonna kind of touch on and it's kind of something pretty interesting yeah well first i was gonna mention how um you uh your son your youngest had a birthday just that's right yes did. yes absolutely it was yesterday actually he turned 17 oh, wow. yeah mr aiden he turned 17 the big one seven and uh yeah it's just crazy man one more year until he's uh, a full-grown adult which is just mind-blowing man uh it makes me scared for humanity <laughs> it's funny whenever you're 18 you think you got everything under control but when you're raising an 18 year old you're like god damn man the world has so much to teach you know uh but it's great man oh, yeah. yeah it's it's great we uh we had a great time we celebrated with my family over the weekend and uh it was good man yeah he's uh we got him a, a new computer for gaming, and he's just, oh, he's so excited, man. So that's like one of his favorite things to do. So Nice. Very nice. Well, that's cool, dude. Um, well, over also, like over the weekend, there was some new news, and this is what you were referring to. Uh-huh. And uh, this is kind of weird. This is kind of, you know, future-y, um, but the, uh, the U.S. Navy um, – seems like we always go, go to the Navy for, for news. I'm just noticing a trend. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the Navy tested out a new weapon, and it is – essentially, it's a laser cannon. And they can use this uh, giant laser to shoot uh, drones and aircraft out of the air, and it can shoot, like, you know, boats in the water. Wow. And it'll destroy them. Wow. That yeah, I saw it is wild, man. I I saw the story and you know, I I meant to go and do a little more research on it. But and and escaped me until you brought it up and it's like it really is like Star Wars type stuff. 
you yeah, know, man. technology. Or, or G.I. Joe. Yeah, G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah. It is wild. And it's... It, it, it's and I saw a video of it and and some pictures of it and it's just this it's this laser it's a laser cannon on a boat man yeah and it's just wild dude it's like I remember my dad who was a science teacher um he really was he really was into lasers he liked lasers right he liked this the idea of lasers because you know he came from that um the he that um well he was born just before. Um, or just after World War II, right before we got into it, but just yeah. was January 1st, 1942. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we weren't officially in World War II yet. We had just getting, we were getting there because Pearl Harbor had just happened. So he, he grew up with Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers and all that kind of science fiction type yeah. stuff on, you know, in the Saturday movie afternoon serials and stuff like that. And I think that maybe that was sparked part of his imagination with, with lasers because he really liked lasers and whenever, like, holograms um, were coming out. He was big into that because, you know, had to do with, like, lasers and stuff and laser right. cut holograms, all that stuff. Yeah. But, like, this is so far beyond what he, you know, what we he was teaching us about back, you know, when we were kids. Yeah. You know, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, 30 years ago. But, like, this is, like, I mean, it's, it's insane, dude. Like, the future things, the future tech that is happening – it's not the stuff that we were always promised, you know, or we always thought, right. or you know, was going to be. We don't have the flying cars, yep. and thank God, because bar- people can barely drive yeah, normally no, no on the Earth cars and without causing trouble. Yeah, but like, um, and I think that's one of the main reasons we don't have flying cars is because we know that we're people not going to handle them yeah, well. People are idiots. Know. Yeah. Yeah, we we have to get fully automated, robotic controlled flying. Yeah, you know drones that we could ride in before that kind of thing would happen. But you know, flying cars and jetpacks and and you know and all that and and laser guns. And well, now you know now we're getting the laser guns. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've got uh, we've got computers that are smarter than anything they could have thought of. You know, in our in our smartphones. That you know, are they're ten times, well, a hundred times what they were whenever you got your first PCs at home and stuff. Yeah, man, it's just it's wild. It's yeah. wild, you know. Yeah, and, it really is. But you know, it makes me wonder. It's like, where did this technology come from? Yeah, it's well, aliens. Yeah, I mean, that's hey, that now we can say that's a legitimate question. It really is. With the information that we're getting from the Navy itself. With you know the mm-hmm. the uh, unidentified objects that are caught on film, and uh, mm-hmm. and especially you know the the stories about Bob Lazar and those things that who knows we we have uh, mm-hmm. probably have uh, a, a wealth of of uh, technologies that we've been trying to crack the code on for quite a while that we're just now starting to see. Yeah, um, I think that. Well, one of the reasons I bring up the aliens, though, is that there is a there's some famous um, unseen footage, but there's been stories and reports of a um, and I want to say it's the Navy that did this, but it's our United States military back in I think it was in the uh, 60s, could have been the 70s. Um, I should have researched this before I got on, but I didn't. But I just because I just remembered the story about how there was a missile test and. This object, this flying object, this UFO, they didn't know what it was, appeared 
in the airspace close to where these missiles were being tested. Hmm. And whatever this thing was shot a beam of light at these missiles and it deactivated the missiles or exploded the head, but they basically, they were deactivated. They were, you know, they were shot and then they didn't work. So, you know, maybe that, maybe it is something reverse engineered from aliens. I'm not going to, you know, say it's not, I'm not going to say it is for sure. I don't know. Yeah. But I also don't want to take away from human ingenuity because we are extremely capable of, um, Many things, you know, yeah. and when we put our put the uh, our minds behind it, and we put you know, put it into testing and research, and we go, you know, back science and give it money and development and stuff, we can come up with some amazing things, and not yeah. just for war, um, but for you know, just in general, like uh, just you know, what we what we humans can do. When we put our minds to it, and it is it's pretty amazing. So absolutely, so yeah. Man. So that's for sure. I don't know. It's it's just uh, it's cool just, stuff. Just, uh, yeah, it's cool stuff. Random thought, just fun stuff as well. So. For sure. So, hey, speaking of what the human mind is capable of, <laughs> <laughs> we brought back one of our our favorite guests, and he his yeah. his mind operates. Uh, I don't think they've even discovered the planet that he comes from yet. <laughs> but we've got our good friend Sam to come back. That's right. We got Sam back. He's returned. Um, and that, and Sam's got more incredible stories of just insanity. Of just, that is his life. And uh, he has... He's got, he's got a couple of different stories to share here. But the main ones are... Uh, well... You know what? We'll just let you listen and enjoy. It's always a pleasure, Sam, buddy, to have you on. So once again, Sam, what's your weird story? I am more college than I've ever been in my life, dude. I'm <laughs> living at home. I ain't got no job. I'm just day drinking in like bad music t-shirts. <laughs> I, I, I didn't do this in college. I got to know what your obsession with is. Is it... Is it sarcasm? Recording? Yeah, I'm already recording. <laughs> I'm recording. What is it about in St. Clown Posse? Is it is it is it the same fascination I've got with it? But I want to hear your your point of view first before I say anything. I for me, man, like my introduction to the clowns was just this guy who was my one of my closest friends in the world back in the day showed up one day with this cd and he was like dude put this in and it'll change your life and it wasn't wrong man i listened to riddle box for two weeks non-stop until great malenko came out and i listened to that for months and i don't know like musically i was always kind of out there like i didn't yeah i didn't really listen to any music of my generation i was listening to classic rock my parents peter paul and mary albums uh-huh. pink floyd is still the greatest band of all time um but I just I started listening to this and it was just insane. I mean, I'm not like I'm not 100 percent in every single song that they sing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I still. But you're a fan. I, I dig it. Okay. Oh, I've been oh, good. Been oh, he's more, no, he's not just a fan. He is a full fledged. He's a full <laughs> fucking fledged juggler. Is what he is, man. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's like, well, yeah. First of all, he's in his shirt. Oh, he's he got go? his juggler shirt. He's got his fucking juggler flag fly, flying behind him. 
Is that way, that thing? That flag is special. I had that. That's a bootleg flag I had made in China. If you'll notice, the hatchet is the state of Oklahoma. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. For when we, well, we hosted the the gathering was here three years ago. The last one I went to back in 2017, and uh, it, it did not go well. Yeah, <laughs> I heard about that. But that wasn't. How many gatherings have you been to? I believe I've been in nine out of 20. Wow. And basically the gatherings are um, this uh, for people who are unfamiliar or fortunately unfamiliar with the ICP um, <laughs> in St. Clown Posse. But it's, it's, um, it's, it's a huge music fest of um, all the biggest losers that you know. I mean, of all the fans of ICP, I'm, sorry, I'm just... Um, Ripping on Sam is the culture there. Um, but yeah, it's just this huge and it's debaucherous. Yes, there's lots of drinking, there's lots of Fago, there's lots of um, drugs, there's lots of like face paint, um, <laughs> there's lots of unattractive people, there's lots of uh, late say, 90s it, emo haircuts, yeah. you know, scene right. or early 2000s scene stuff, lots of guy liner, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that Sam. I know that Sam has at least. I know he's got a story of being on the bus whenever you'd like get on the tour bus, right? You pay to take a tour of the tour bus. I think that's a story that I recall. Well, so the the first three gatherings were in convention centers. They were only like two nights long, and two or three nights, mm -hmm. and they they just had like. During the daytime, they'd open up the convention center like late morning. Kitty cat. Uh, they <laughs> Goki has a cat that you can't see out there in Radio Land. Um, but yeah, they'd open up these convention centers and they just had like daytime activities. Like you could go take a stroll through old. Um, uh, they'd set up their like concert stage sets and you could like take a stroll through that or they had like a video room set up where you could they're, they're always like contest orientated so you can get like uh you could be the psychopathic records dawn of the day at one contest and they'd fly into detroit murderous and you get to sit like in the office chairs and and literally run psychopathic records for a day uh <laughs> poker contest watching uh they'd take clips from like old kung fu movies and you'd have to like guess who would win and then you, if you got it right you'd win prizes and uh cost always costume contests tattoo contests uh but one one of the first years they had their it was the first year because it was up in novi and they actually had their their tour bus and they would let you go out and take a tour around Detroit Murderous, and they'd show you like some sites relevant to clowndom. So I was like, <laughs> "This is awesome! I'll do that." But also, I was kind of naked that day too. <laughs> and do you mean uh, what do you mean by naked, Sam? Do you mean by actually <clears throat> naked, or were you like um, just did you have face paint on, or was it just you know? Well, I've, I've never liked day stuff on my face. What's that? Oh no, I had, I had a trench coat on. I've never really liked like stuff on my face, so I've never painted a few times that are all my clown stuff. Um, no, I I was sleeping in a minivan in a parking lot of the convention center because I wasn't going to throw down on a hotel. That's crazy <laughs> talk. So I wake up one morning. <clears throat> 
excuse me, I wake up one morning and there's this guy, he comes out of his car down the way and he is just like full on like clown makeup and clown costume. And he walks over and he sees me popping. Uh, I, I always had like a lot of breakfast beer. So I'm like cracking my second PBR of the day. He's like, what up, Ninja? I'll give you some of this for a beer. And he just, you know, he whips out like a handful of window pane LSD. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so I just, I had beer and asked it for breakfast. Uh, a, a gaggle of like young children, man, probably. I hope they were 10 years old or else this makes the story like it makes me way worse in the story if they're younger than 10. But I don't know the age of children like Hubbard's daughter the other day. Like I know she's old enough to grab a beer, but I don't know if she's old enough to mix a martini yet. That, that's my categorization. Of children. Can you give me a beer? Can you mix me a drink? Can you drive me home? That's that's how I organize uh, children. Um, I'm just so these kids come over. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say I'm trying to imagine my son mixing me a drink. That would be a nightmare. I could, or it might be good actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, you it'd know, be a girl's yeah, it'd be a girl's gonna a younger girl's gonna mix it neat. She's gonna make a you know, it's gonna be tidy and clean, right? Predominantly, but, you know, a boy's just gonna pour in whatever he can find into a bucket and give it to you. So. Right. Like Thailand, or or the or if a girl does it, maybe it'll have like sparkles and stuff. That's cool though, because it's nice going in and out. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so these kids like, come up. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, back on track. No, these no, kids uh, come, yeah, yeah, back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these kids come up and they're like, "Hey, man, we'll trade you fireworks for beer." And I was like, "Well, these kids are old enough to have fireworks. They must be old enough to have beer, because um, that's." <laughs> somehow a thing and so i i that's a, that's, I a logical, that's a logical jump of i mean that's a logical conclusion to come to when you are a uh naked man in a trench coat giving beer to children for in exchange for fireworks that that's uh, <laughs> you know, uh maybe the acid had something to do with it but uh <clears throat> were you naked at this point actually so I was just getting up to do like my morning pee. And so I, I threw on this uh, Marlboro Miles old duster trench coat that I had <laughs> that has been in a <laughs> Me and the, the Marlboro coats, I, I've never smoked, but I've cleaned out several of the old Marlboro Miles catalogs. And so I've got a lot of their jackets figure into a lot of adventures. <laughs> and so I just got like these these knockoff Vietnam era combat boots. Cause like, then that's what you, you need, like hardcore clothing to get through anything clown related. So I just slipped on the boots and I had on the trench coat and I was going to go have a whiz behind some other cars. And then like all this stuff started happening and I just didn't get a chance to put clothes on. Cause like any normal human, I sleep butt ass naked. And, uh, so I think, I hand the kids a bunch of beer and I was like, what about the fireworks? They're like, open your pocket. Not realizing that, you know, my trench has got like a super deep pocket. So there I am with the pocket all extended and they just start throwing stuff in there. All sorts of little like whiz bangers and poppers and God knows waters and black cats. And so, all right, man, time to start my day. And of course I forgot to put on clothes. So I go into the convention center and, they had like this big, uh, there was a, a, a haunted house set up on the floor of the convention center. 
And so I'm waiting to go in line for that. And I'm just kind of standing around, kind of, you know, starting to feel good and drunk and high. And I just like people in front of me, behind me are like, hey, shh, here's some fireworks. Set them off when you get inside. So, you know, you got all the, the, the funhouse ninjas are in there, like standing, waiting in their spots, waiting to come out and surprise your butt. But all of a sudden, you've got like all these crazy juggalos just flinging fireworks and shooting bottle rockets and, and scaring the crap out of them. And yeah, it was just, it did, uh, it didn't do well for the funhouse. <laughs> so I go through the whole day, man. It's just, just nonstop stuff going on, man. I got to meet Missy, who was this. Uh, like 400 pound actress from there. They, they've made two motion pictures, the first of which Big Money Rus uh, Hustlers, which is a 1970s style bad cop movie. Mm. And, yes, uh, it was uh, up, up for an Academy Award, I believe. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> Should have, man, it had, had Dolomite in there. It, it had some people, man. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's good stuff. But in the movie, Shaggy has this, like, 400-pound girlfriend that he has, like, this massively rock-hard-built stunt double that comes in and bangs her while she eats the little, uh, what's the hostess pink cocaine, uh, cocaine uh, pink cocaine snowballs. 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 Yeah, so she's <laughs> munching snowballs while she's getting plowed. Oh, <laughs> it is. It's one of the most romantic sex scenes you've ever seen. Uh but she was there, so I got to like hang with her and take pictures. And uh, they they had their own wrestling circuit, so there were like you know, all these wrestlers there, and and again, just all these juggalos, man. People just getting crazy, getting nuts. Like we'd been, it, it it just it was a wild event. So finally, like in the afternoon, man, I'm just kind of just whiz banged out, and I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta get away from people for a moment. I need to get some air. And then I just suddenly found myself standing in line to get on a tour bus. Like, I don't, I don't really know how I got there, but it sounded like a good thing to do at the time. It's, I get aboard and it's just like this really super nice, you know, RV basically that, you know, it's the, the people driving it around town and they've got a security guy. He just sits up at the very front and they've got us, there's like maybe seven or eight of us seated around this, uh, kind of like a, a horseshoe shaped couch thing in the back. And we're just sitting around talking, sharing clown stories. And they're, you know, on the mic telling us like, blah, blah, blah. If you look to your right, there's an old ICP, uh, graffiti from when they were actually, they, they originally started as a gang called the inner city posse that used to get their butts kicked a lot. And so somebody had put a big K on it for kill, kill ICP. So yeah, there, there's vintage graffiti in Detroit. Um, you know, just amazing stuff. Wow. And as we're sitting, I'm just kind of looking around. I'm like, Hey, What's that behind you? And the way that this, this couch thing is centered in the, the RV, it's got these flat spaces around the back. And I noticed some cracks in there. And I figured out that it was storage compartments. And so I busted one open and found that that was the cooler. So we just started drinking all of the booze aboard. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thank God, man. Like, I really needed a drink. And they're like, why? And, and one of the girls looks over and then she sees it. Oh, he's naked. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, what, all, what are you on? What are you on? <laughs> so we just we shared all the beers. I uh, I grabbed a, a cushion from a seat 
for some reason i don't know but when i survived the bus i survived the show somebody drank my urine i got to jump up on stage <laughs> the final night uh just amazing clown stuff you had me at urine man you had me at urine <laughs> <laughs> the the last this is the last day of the show and, and i think it was the cottonmouth kings out of california had been on and just like you're up at the coast of the stage you don't want to give up that position and so just whatever random juggalo i was talking to we both mentioned the fact oh man gotta piss gotta piss and so just out of nowhere like people are throwing around empty bottles of fago because another part of clown shows is from a weird little accident that happened way back in the day, they started throwing two-liter bottles of Fago, which is like Detroit's cheap, cheap, nasty. Well, it's actually really tasty, but just cheap soda, like Shasta down here. Right. And so they bring in entire, like, 18-wheelers, follow them on tour just to supply Fago. Wow. And so during the shows... They've got these bins on stage. Everything on stage is waterproofed, including, you know, including and especially the mics. And while they're up there just dropping lyrics, they're casually just grabbing a two-liter and shaking it and throwing it at you. Sometimes they have like the little, the mini trampoline things for like, you know, exercise studios. They're bouncing the two-liters off of that. Uh, the house lights will come on. And all of a sudden, you know, you're, you've been in this dark, weird, crazy lighting. All of a sudden, it's bright as hell. And all these, like, string of dancing clowns come out with water guns and buckets. And they say, Fago break. Send your mama straight down to the stove. Tell that bitch to bring home some Fago. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> and they just, they just start throwing out five-gallon buckets of cola at you, hosing you down with water guns. For a while, they'd actually hooked it up to, uh, like, fire hoses. Wow. And so, I mean, you, you don't come out of that show dry. There's confetti and like glitter being tossed around. And yeah, it's just, it's a nasty thing. So, everybody, we like, you bring your own Fago to shows too. And so, like, before any of the shows start, everybody's tossing garbage at each other. And so, this guy just grabs a two liter and just starts pissing and hands me one. So, I fill up a Mountain Dew bottle and like, all right, Captain, like, what are we doing? He's just like, here, boom, and just tosses it over his head. I'm like, oh, yeah, here you go. Toss mine to the right. And just, it was yellow. It was Mountain Dew. I watched some guy pick it up. And, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I watched a homeless man drink his own piss once. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we were at um, at Boy State, um, we were, I think it was like the first day, and I was hanging out in uh, your room, Hub, because you were in a different town or whatever um, right. than I was. And if you don't know what Boy State is, it's just um, something that's supposed to look good on your um, transcripts when, yes. it, when you're applying for college. It was like, uh, it's the closest thing that I've ever been to the military and was very happy to not do that anymore. You're supposed to learn about government and being a young man and all this crap. And it was just, it was all very, very strange, very weird. But uh, anyway, the first day that we're there, I'm hanging out in uh, hubs. Because uh, we're, they, we stayed in dorms in Miami, Oklahoma. And um, we're, we're hanging out. And I don't know, it was you and me with the, somebody like a roommate or somebody different that we didn't know there's three of us in there but anyway uh jeff's like man i gotta pee and, and he looks around and he sees this dr pepper 
16 or 24 ounce, I think, Dr. Pepper bottle there. And he's just like, well, I'm going to pee in this. So he turns around and he starts peeing. It. <laughs> and it's like, it's like three quarters, three quarters of the way gone. You know, most of it's gone, but he's going and he's going. It must have this little man must have a huge bladder because all of a sudden he's like, oh, oh no, oh no, it's going. I'm filling it up, guys. It's going to overflow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! He it off, but he had to like mop it up. Ah, corner of that. Like mop it up with like a t-shirt or some shit. We put the cap on, and then we would put it in like you know a, a hallway, you know, thinking that somebody's gonna like grab this very light, very <laughs> yellow and light brown colored liquid, thinking, "Oh, free Dr. Pepper." Ah. <laughs> God. Man, I don't know how you remember all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's good shit. That was my college before I, you know, right. made my memories uh, uh, less more attainable things. So. <laughs> Drink to that. Yeah. Oh, what? So the clowns get on stage. <laughs> Sorry, there, there's, there's like one more nugget to this. Great. So I gotta hear it. The stage, and they've got their their whole setup. It looks like this flaming pit of hell, and it's just it's really crazy crap going on. And and used to like part of the end of every clown show was that everybody would rush the stage for like the last three songs or so. And so everybody's just up there dancing and comforting together and just getting nuts. And, you know, of course, this is like this is in uh, 2000. So people, you know, nothing's legal in America yet. So everybody's up there like, look at me smoking joint. And uh, I jump up on there and I I get Well, actually, I fell into like the goo that was between the barricade and the stage, like four inches of just standing fag- flat fago and sweat and urine and whatever else had made down there. It was, it was grotesque. So I climb up on the stage and, you know, I've, I've made it over the barricade. I'm all ripped up and I'm, I'm still just blown out of my mind. And I see like one of the, the basins where they were keeping their fago bottles is empty. So I climb up on it and I'm just standing there taking my view upon the crowd and the masses and the thousands of juggalos assembled before me. And I'm just like, man, this is like the perfect end of the day. I just did so much crazy shit the last couple of days. And now here I am just standing up here, just checking out my juggalo family. And I see somebody point at me and I was like, yeah, man, they're pointing at me because I'm so cool. And I see like more people point at me like, yeah, dude, how cool am I right now? I mean, I'm also high as hell too, but like, yeah, I'm the coolest mother up here. And then like, I look down and survey my kingdom and I realized that all the buttons had come off my trench and I'm just standing there just flapping in the wind <laughs> butt ass all I've got on I've got combat boots and a fully open duster oh, like, man. oh shit I look down and violent Jay is off to the side of me and he like points up at me for security was, uh, apparently that was even jugglers have a little bit of limit so I hop down <laughs> off the stage, I run around towards the back of the stage, and on my way, like, I grab this tiny little, like, a, like a three-inch piece of the, the plastic horn from part of the stage and just ripped it off. And that was my, my souvenir. I ran back around the stage to the other side and just dove out in the crowd. And 
it was a magical night. I still I still got my piece of stage. Nice, nice. <laughs> they didn't have like now when you go to the the gatherings, they have these like really dope metal charms for each one and a wristband. And all you had back then was like some crap plastic wristband. Ah. So I was like out of the first gathering, I got my program, I got my wristband, and I got my chunk of stage. That's awesome. Oh, and the pillow from the bus. That's awesome. <laughs> Sam, did you, have you ever met um, the the actual uh, ICP? Have you ever met them in person? Oh yeah, yeah, like a handful of times, man. Did, had, did, have you told them of that story where you were the trench coat? You were the flasher, <laughs> the classic flasher on that on that uh, at that show. Oh, I'm straight up apologize to Violent J for it before. He's like, that's bad. I don't remember any of that. Yeah, that's he was. Funny, I don't. I don't know how out of it he was. Yeah, no, I. I uh, gave him a copy of my book at the the Oklahoma gathering. I uh, they well, like a lot of times at gatherings, like when that stuff's all done, because they they put so many months of their lives into getting this stuff ready. Because you know, there, there's no corporate sponsorship on this. It's a hundred percent psychopathic. Not even oh, Fago won't have anything to do with them. They, <laughs> really, Fago Corporation acknowledges that yes, you know these clown people purchase vast quantities of their product, but yeah, there there has never been a a Fago. <laughs> no matter how many mentions of the, in the songs and and on the gear and stuff, like there's a the big clown uh, news website is called Fago Lovers with a U. Fagolovers.net out of, I believe, Dallas. And yeah, I mean, there, there's no actual connection between Fago and anything clown related. Wow. They've, they've, right. they've yeah. got a lot of their business, I'm sure, to, to you know, yeah. because and of them. I'd yeah, imagine. Surprising because, generally speaking, in, in broad terms, and I'm stereotyping here, but, uh, but, uh, juggalos are, you know, very respected in society. And uh, throughout the world, as uh, you know, <laughs> productive members. And True. Not doing anything, you know, any kind of uh, illegal anything or whatever. No. So they're not on any kind of FBI watch list as a gang. So, which is really strange that I, they are actually considered to be an organized gang by the FBI. So. What a, what a no, bad. no, we are a, we are a tr- transient unorganized gang. Oh, okay. Which just means we're all a bunch of a holes that listen to the same music. <laughs> what the shit is that, man? <laughs> so if you listen to Justin Bieber and you're a 30 year old man, you're an unorganized transient child molester. <laughs> I right. I mean, just because I, I, just I can take a stab, and it's just so like small, uh, small towns and stuff, their police forces can get more money off that gang stuff. Right. So they're like, look. Right. There's a guy wearing an insane compost shirt at Walmart today, so we can file to get like one of those, like a SWAT tank for our city. <laughs> so, crazy. what has Weatherford gotten from you? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of near misses. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, nobody cares out here. I went down a rabbit hole one day on YouTube with. Uh, the juggalo documentaries and stuff, man. I spent the better part of an afternoon just like really deep diving, man, going in there. I got to say, it's probably like, I like to go as far as people watching, I would love to go to one of those just, just to watch, just to see what exactly it's all about. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to pay a ticket price. 
Would you go under <laughs> right. cover, oh, cheap. Very would you get? Would you dress as a juggalo so that you would go blend undercover? In with the crowd? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't, I don't think I could do juggalo. it. I don't think I could pull it off, man. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, man. Like it's it's the most freakishly just an uncollective group i can imagine like you'll have like the most hardcore person walking into like a normal concert not the gathering but just like that's got like icp merch from like head to toe shoes hats shirts underwear bras you name it they got it and and like all the makeup and have like every joker's card tattooed on their body and then somebody walks in with like I don't know, man, a limp biscuit shirt or something. I don't, and nothing, you know, nothing on them. And everybody's welcome, dude. Like that whole thing that people talk about. If, if yeah, you said you watch some of the docs and stuff, uh-huh. the whole like family, family, yeah. uh, they're all over that, dude. It is like the weirdest group of beautifully fugly people I've ever met that all just want to <laughs> hug and, and just like, where you at Ninja? Where are you from? And you know, they, they're all about like claiming where they're from, but also like mingling and, and getting that all together. Yeah. That's it's cool. Just, it's good. Man. It's a lot of love. Man. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never experienced anything bad. Yeah. Except that's for the, the occasional people, like you get some like non juggalo a-holes will show up. Uh, one of the gatherings I was at, this guy got caught. He was going through people's tents and stuff, stealing shit. So yeah. then they went and found his car, and they beat it up and flipped it over. I don't know if they torched it or not, but then it turned out it wasn't actually his car. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Sorry, brother. We uh, fucked your car up, man. Have some fago. It was like, the lead car beaters that was actually his car so <laughs> yeah, if anybody can get that wrong it'd be a bunch of drunk juggalos you know? <laughs> that's funny otherwise, <sighs> otherwise great people they'll, they'll do horrible things with the greatest of intentions <laughs> I think that's just humankind in general right there true but yeah, oh. I've been to a lot of concerts, a lot of the uh, the gatherings. I've stapled money to people. I've uh, I stabbed the <laughs> once. Uh, I just yeah. It's, it's <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Reverse. Okay, so <laughs> I understand the stapling money to people. I've seen that before. We've got some uh, you know guests here on that have been on the show in the past. They're sideshow performers and clowns and stuff. And I've seen people, you know, take a staple gun and, you know, shoot a dollar bill, staple a dollar bi- bill or, or, or five or 20, wherever, you know, the higher the number on the bill, the more risque and painful they can get. Um, oh. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, was it Jeremy or was it Birdshot that was doing the sack to sack? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude. Wow. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I understand that. I know that. But um, wait, you um, understand that? What is that? Well, I understand that that happened. Um, <laughs> I mean, I love I, you, I, dude, I, but I don't want my nuts stapled to your nuts. You know what oh, I mean? I don't. Uh, we're, we we're we good. could all meet up for like a very special recording of what's your weird story, where uh, we just we've got one mic between us. To get a lot of corporate sponsor money coming in for that to happen. 
So um, <laughs> staples. It's, it's gonna be a big check for us to staple. Um, but, but anyway, you said you stabbed a girl. Now is that a euphemism <laughs> or actually? <laughs> oh no! Like I, I had a knife in my hand and stabbed the chick. Uh, it was one of the like after the gatherings went outdoors. This is one of the last ones that I went to, and uh, I was hanging out. I've, I've met up with this really great group of people that that usually attend all the gatherings, and so when I'm with them, like I, I ended up we're, we're at each other's campsite nonstop, and just it's, it's my people, and uh, we're up on this hill where they're camped out at. And one morning, I get over to their site, and you know we're consuming our breakfast substances and because that's all the gatherings are pretty much like a hunter s thompson kind of marathon of see how much crap you can put into you and not die Mm -hmm. so i've got my you know my breakfast array and we're going forward and there's this tent nearby that opens up and this girl comes out with two guys on leashes and a bunch of leather and she starts talking to us and telling us all like the crazy stuff she's into. She likes her bondage. She's a dominatrix. And, you know, these are the two boys that I've picked up at the gathering. And uh, it's just, it was a lot of wild stuff. And then she like pulls out this big like Rambo knife and starts telling us how she's into like, I like to be cut. I like to be sliced and like, Oh wow. That's words that are coming out of your mouth. Wow. So she hands me the knife and she says, Hey, I want you to cut me. Like I'm trying to hand it back and I'm like, thank you. That's a lovely offer, but no. (laughs) So now the, the language in this part gets a little bit off color. So like, no, stab you, bitch. I'm like, no, no, no. I really, you know, <laughs> like, um, it's 10 o'clock in the morning at the gathering. So I'm already like what would normally be 3 a.m. messed up at 10 a.m. And uh, I'm just like, no, man, no. What are you, little effing bitch? I'll give me this time. You stab me. And like for five minutes while everybody's just sitting there staring in disbelief, it was, it was like hanging out with our old friend across the street from Hub and Jizball's house. And she's just screaming <laughs> crazy obscenities at me. And just like, do it, you little bitch, do it. Blah, blah, blah. So finally, I was like, okay. And just like sunk it into her arm below her shoulder. Uh, Damn. She, she shut up. holy shit man wow (laughs) wow damn oh man Hey man, did I ever tell you about this recent thing that happened to me? I was driving around in the country and it was just after dusk. So there's a little bit of light still coming on out of the sky, but it was mostly dark. I saw this black school bus. I don't think I've ever heard this. Okay, so I saw this black school bus. All the windows were tinted and it started following me for about 15 minutes. Whoa, no. Yeah. What what did you do? I was at work. I was making deliveries and I just kept making my deliveries and like it would even stop and wait for me oh. and yeah, so this, but it was never close enough to where I could see it or anything but it was following me man wow dang that's just 
an example of another really weird story that happened to me and that could have happened to you. You don't have to have a UFO encounter. You don't have to have seen the ghost of your grandmother. You don't have to know what Bigfoot smells like to have had a weird story. Basically, what we're saying is weird covers a lot of ground here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. And we love hearing all of your stories, whether they're spooky, they're funny, they're bizarre, or they're just short, sweet, and unexplained. Kind of like our podcast. So, like, uh, yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> oh, trying to recover from that, but... Um, <laughs> So yeah, so you stabbed this girl, <laughs> and uh, you know what? And she shut up. And then what happened when whatever did? I mean, every, obviously everybody's freaking out because Sam, the nicest person you're ever going to meet, just stabbed this chick who's demanded it. Let's be honest. She, you know, she, and she dommed you into it. She totally, totally broke your will. Um, did she try to put you in a collar or was she, was she, was she upset that you actually stabbed her there in the arm? No, she was cool with it. I think she was, she was dismayed that it took me as long as I did to get around to it, but she, she already had her guys on collars. Like her, her I guess she was a two collar woman. So, you know, yeah. there, there was no trying to add to the harem. How deep do you think, how deep do you think you, uh, you put it in her, Sam? <laughs> well, I gave it. I gave it all I had, so maybe an inch. <laughs> and it just it just went over the meat up in the muscle. And Damn, that's pretty far. It was why is this the girth of it, right? That was a, oh, like, was it. <laughs> it was a Rambo blade, baby. I don't know. It was just, <laughs> uh, yeah, there was. And of course, it's a gathering, so that that probably wasn't like the weirdest thing to happen that day. That was just you know breakfast insanity, right? Yeah, yeah that was just breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Stab somebody. Oh, man. That's hilarious, man. Yeah, I gotta go see. I gotta go see what that's all about. You know, I'm hard pass, hard pass. Where I, are they? I, uh, where are they doing those I, gatherings now? <laughs> they, they've been they because they hadn't they they've been booted out of pretty much everywhere they've been, right? <clears throat> yeah they they've had trouble trying to find places, so they they went back to like one of their long standing outdoor joints called uh, Cave in Rock, Illinois. They were there two years ago after not having been there for a while. And it was a great place. That was the one that had the infamous drug bridge. Uh, but then I don't know why they didn't go back after that one single year of returning. Uh, last year, they were in a an actual RV park in somewhere in Illinois. And they, they're not going back there because after the clowns finished their final performance, everybody, because it's a real RV park. They had like, you know, nice picnic tables everywhere. They threw all those on a giant bonfire and oh my lord! Juggalos. Hard to imagine they're not getting that invite again. No. Right. Well, one one of the bigger issues that they have is trying to find somebody to supply us with porta potties because those get roughly destroyed every oh, year. Oh man, I can they, imagine. Well, they I'm they sure. get tagged. You know, Juggalos have got like big ass black sharpies are writing signs and stuff on and um they just they they don't treat them very well i mean it looks like someone looks like a poop bomb went off inside oh yeah <clears throat> Ooh. 
one of one of my early outdoor ones. Somebody was in one. He had the, the little the the grill up at towards the top. The vent. Somebody yeah. come by. Yeah, a little grill vent. Yeah, somebody come by and rip that off. And while somebody was in there taking a dump, he lit a, just a big old sack of fireworks and flung it in there. Oh my god. <laughs> This juggalo comes like running out, pants around his ankles, and gets like maybe two or three steps before going face forward into the the nasty pool of miasma that was outside of, you know, God knows what fluids and substances and, yeah, it's you, you got to stand your toes at the gathering. That's why I uh, I try to I live like a bear. I murder <laughs> small creatures. I pee in the woods. Actually, I get one of those. Uh, those shower tents and then a five gallon bucket and just trash bags and that's my uh that's my sitting spot for toilet issues (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah if i could if i could if i could get a day pass to the gathering i'd probably go but i'm not gonna do a four day no that's what i'm talking about Uh, day pass dude yeah i ain't hanging out they don't sell a day pass uh they actually they did it oklahoma city They, they did Stuff on the cheap, yeah. But even then, like the whole gathering is less. I think it's still under two hundred dollars for all four days. That'd probably be worth it, just to see. Oh, all the all the bands that you get. Like even if you're not in a psychopathic, I mean, in all this stuff, I have. Uh, man, who all have I seen? Like Coolio and Ice Cube or Ice T. They've both played. I forget which one I saw. <laughs> I saw one of the Ices. Um, Crispy <laughs> uh, Cream or Froggy Fresh played late night at the, sl- the Oklahoma City gathering. Mad Child in India. I love Crispy Cream's uh, John Cena Christmas song. So, exactly. That's so good. So fucking good. I'm not familiar. <laughs> I'm not familiar. <laughs> well, he's not this Crispy Internet Cream anymore because they. Yeah, Froggy Fresh, yeah, or something like that. He, this guy, he's a Southern white guy that um, with like a bowl haircut or something, and he, um, he, he's a rapper, and but his part intrigued. of his stick is that he's he's not a, like, he seems like he's not a great rapper, but he's really he's got to be really smart to do what he does, and uh, but he did this Christmas song <clears throat> that's all John Cena themed. Like huh. all of his gifts and everything is he wants for his John Cena stuff, and it's just it's so it's so epic, dude. It's so good. It's so funny, and it's just so well done. Um, you got to check it out. You got to okay. check it out. We should take a break right now and you should listen to that because uh, <laughs> it's good stuff. Everybody, go do that right now. Google it. Krispy Kreme, John Cena Christmas. <laughs> And, and on that note, yes, take a break because I have a smaller glass this time. Yeah, go, yeah, go yeah. for it. And, so there we go. We'll take a break. Seriously, dude, look it up. So we we checked out. Uh, hope, we hope everybody enjoyed that. It's Froggy Fresh now. You can't go by Krispy Kreme because of you know legality. Corporate right. holes, right? Yeah, <laughs> you would think Krispy Kreme would want to be associated with uh, that type of genius, right there. Um, but <laughs> yeah, and it's nothing but positivity. There's there's nothing negative in there. Like the only bad thing he's ever done is played the gathering in the Juggalos. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I, I've had some thoughts, you know. I, I'd, <laughs> written, I'd written some things down, some of my favorite Sam stories. Uh, <laughs> Sam, I don't know if you would want to share the uh, the uh, your South Korean pimp story. Is that, is that, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, I can totally understand if you don't want to, but it's a great story. No, I, I'm down. I haven't told that one in a long time. Uh, so this might be a little hazy. So wait, that's good. So, that's good. Um, all right. So I'm guessing that you, uh, so you're, you will, you know, I'll just let you tell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, excuse me. I, I lived in Korea for 15 years and I have not always had like the best of luck with the fair sex, man. I, I was pretty weird for over here and, and in the very conservative, like looks orientated country of South Korea, man, I, I did not go well, <laughs> you know, where, where everybody's got to dress well and have like fancy haircuts and all the latest styles, you know, I'm walking around in like 15 year old concert t-shirts and I only had one brand of pants, jams. just your know, normal stuff. Oh, I still had a couple of <laughs> jams. Hell yeah. Dude, I jammed the jams. And so I, I've been lucky. Like I've, I've had some dating experiences over there I've, I've dated a couple like fellow english teachers and uh, a couple koreans but you know when there's like thirty thousand english teachers uh foreign english teachers living in korea thirty thousand u.s military hanging out there and then 50 something million koreans so statistically i'm going to date more koreans than anybody else um but no like i I made the rounds and, and had some really good relationships with some amazing people, some really crap relationships with some real crap people. I, uh, I sort of dated slash hooked up with a married chick for quite a while before she, I finally learned that she was married and had kids and wow. two other boyfriends. Wow. wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it took four, four guys to make her happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, but then there was this bar that I used to hang out at called the Now Bar. And down west of where I lived, like I was as far southeast of Seoul as you could possibly be and still claim to be a suburb of Seoul. And a little west of where I was is this area called Dongtan, a suburb of Suwon. And there was a bunch of English teachers there. And the way everything's set up, they've got these massive, like, 15, 20-story office buildings. And usually, like, the first three or four floors are going to be, like, restaurants and business, like what they call norebang, which is literally singing room, um, bars, restaurants, uh, DVD bongs, these places where you spend, like, 15 bucks to go in a little private room and watch DVDs, <clears throat> computer rooms where you can just sit and play computer games for an hour a dollar an hour and a lot of hogwan and hogwan is a korean word for academy which is what the majority of english teachers there uh, are working at so i had this buddy of mine <laughs> oh god and he british lloyd he had been in Korea for a while. He left to go home for a bit and he comes back and he decided that he would choose 
his next, or sorry, not Lloyd, uh, Andy, sorry, my bad, British Andy, he came back and he chose his next place of work based upon its proximity to his favorite bar. So it was these two 15-story buildings with nothing but an alley separating them. So he would go in, and your Hogwan teachers generally work somewhere between like 1 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon to 6 or 9 o'clock at night. So he'd go finish up work. He'd go down like two or three floors. He'd cross the alley, and he'd go up to the bar, and he'd stay there till like 3 a.m. And then he'd go home, wash, rinse, repeat. So that's how amazing this him was. Last- I think you mentioned him last time. Possibly, man. (laughs) Sorry. Shandy shows up in a lot of stuff. He he was a good friend of mine. But this is the bar that we loved. And one day I was just in there on my own. Like, I I enjoyed going to places a little bit early and sitting and doing some writing and just some solo drinking for a few minutes. And I just showed up with no plans. I wasn't actually meeting anybody. And. I'm sitting at this table and there's these two middle-aged Korean guys at the next table. And so they start talking to me because Koreans are this collectivistic society and they, they don't like people to do anything alone. So like, I've spent years traveling alone through the countryside and just being like grabbed by random Koreans to go do stuff, you know, hang out at restaurants, go to singing rooms, all, all sorts of weird, wild stuff. And so this guy, he, one of the two guys at this table, he grabs me. He's like, hey, you know, what are you doing here alone? Of course, he doesn't really speak any English, and my Korean is negligible. So I start explaining, uh, friends are coming later, which I didn't know that, but it's now bar, so I knew it. Um, <clears throat> so he, like, exchanges phone numbers because you got to have a business card in Korea. So we do the, the double-handed business card exchange, and like, all right, man, I'm never going to hear from this guy again. Every once in a while, Mr. Lee would call me. And he would ask me, you know, are you, are you single? And this said, I'm, I'm in my, I would got to be early thirties at this point. This dude's got to be 50 if he's a day. And, you know, he just asked, you know, do you have a girlfriend? I'm like, no, no, you know, I have a girlfriend. Like, okay. Okay. Down she got next time. It's like, all right, buddy. And <laughs> it was, just really weird. Like, was that just, all he asked? <laughs> He just called Pretty up and said, hey, Sam, what's going on? Uh, you got a, you got a girl? Man? You got a girl? <laughs> yeah. yeah? Okay, all right. Yeah. Maybe next time. No? Okay. And that was it? Okay. Yeah, that was it. That's all he had for me. So one day, I'm up in Seoul at this place called the Noryangjin Fish Market that has like 800 seafood vendors. It's where they do all the late night auctions for the food, uh, seafood in Seoul. And they have these restaurants that don't have food. You walk through the seafood market and you buy all your seafood and you take it in these restaurants and you pay them to cook it for you. And they've got, you know, like shrimp and flounder and salmon and stuff. And uh, like these giant crabs that, Hubbard's girl could sit on and ride like an RV car. Just like the Damn. biggest crabs I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, octopus these are, arms. These are sea crabs, yes. Not, not, yes, like, yes, not, yes. Like, <laughs> not, not like the other. Okay. Not, not, not Christmas like what you crabs. had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not Christmas crabs. Uh, octopus tentacles. It looked like they'd been cut off a tree. Just and, and all manner of like seafood you've never seen before, like the the old Simpsons episode where Ron Howard tells Homer that he's taken his kids to the special rich people zoo, and they talk about some like singing 
hippo or some crap and you know they got they got all the animals that normal people don't get to see that's where this market is just all sorts of stuff i've never imagined before it's a very very star wars cantina looking action well i'm there with the soul uh the uh, south side hash house harriers this drinking club with the running problem i'm a part of which is a whole nother collection of stories yeah we're gonna have to touch on that at some point yeah Oh, absolutely. So we're in there. There's like 20 of us just pounding soju and beer after having gone on a run for a couple miles around this hilly neighborhood. And at the time, I was sort of single. I There was this woman that uh, had she lived in Denver, Colorado for like seven years and spoke English really well and had worked in my neighborhood at a restaurant. And we had just started becoming friends and eventually became more than friends. But not not a whole lot more. <laughs> We'd become friendly for a night or two. Uh, it was just, it was really weird. Like, I, I had a lot of feelings for this girl, but I don't think it was quite reciprocated. And, mm-hmm. and as time went on, like, it kind of it kind of got weird. And, and she had quit that job. She would be at this Chinese restaurant. She started working at this uh, Samgipsal, the, the three-stripe pork restaurant that are very ubiquitous across the country. And it's just people in there grilling strips of, like, fat bacon on their grills and smoking cigarettes and pounding alcohol. And so she would finish work at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning. She'd call me up drunk and like, hey, let's hook up. <laughs> you know, like, so you're yeah. a, oh, you were a booty call. I was. And, <laughs> which was okay because like I was single and you know, except for her, so I didn't care. But at the same time, like on a work night, man, you know, she's calling at like three AM and I lived out in the middle of nowhere. And so, you know, her calling up at 3 a.m. and demanding that I, like, somehow magically transport myself half an hour from where I lived with no means of doing so. When I had a, you know, I had to be at class at either 9.05 or 10.30 or 11.50 in the morning. You know, I had, I had a busy day. Um, I just wasn't going to do it. I got tired of the shenanigans. <clears throat> so... We were supposed to have met up this afternoon that I'm doing all the seafood. So, to, you know, properly prepare to meet this girl that I liked. I went out and got sweaty doing this trail with the Ashers. I got good and drunk during the what they call the circle that happens afterwards, the ceremony. The and then I got jerk. That just circle, circle. Okay. The down, down, down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, there's been a jerk or two there. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee it. <laughs> I get way drunker at the restaurant. And my phone rings, and it's her, and she's like, oh, oh, Mario Apo, Anmanaso, I've got a sore throat, I can't meet you. Like, holy crap, like, it was the first time we were going to met in daylight hours in a while, and this is on a Sunday afternoon, so I'm like, all right, I'm free, I'm going to stay here, because I was getting ready to leave all my friends, and I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to stay and hang out, and so, you know, we're all excited about that, and this goes on, and <laughs> an hour or two later, I get this phone call. And it's this guy, Mr. Lee. I said, hey, are you single? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> so he tells me to come down to this Dongtan area, very close to Now Bar. And uh, he's like, you know, do you know the 7-Eleven outside the closed down movie theater? Like, yeah, yeah. So I go, I travel. This is like an hour south for me. But again, it puts me a lot closer. Like it's, I'm within taxi distance of my home, but it was still like a, a long haul south. So I get down there and he drives up and I'm 
he tells me that we're going to go meet some women. I'm like, all right, man, I'm just, I'm curious, like for information for my book to have stories to tell, like I'm pretty much up for whatever. So like, yeah, man, I'll go meet you. Let's go. Like, I want to see what kind of girls this guy's going to scare up for us. Well, I think he's married too, but whatever. Um, so I get to his car and I go around to the passenger side door and he's like, no, I know. And he points to the back and he makes me sit in the back seat like it's a like a like a limo style car, even though it's just this piece of crap beat up like 15 year old sedan. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't look nice at all. Like there's no reason to have the seat pushed forward because there's no business in Korea where anybody would pay him to be traveled around in this back seat like this. There's no logic in it. So I, I hop in the back seat of his car and he takes off and <clears throat> he says, uh, you know, we get a couple formalities out of the way. He says, uh, Sam, Sam. Biagoro Mogosoyo. Uh, I'm like, what? Biagoro Mogosoyo. I'm like, no, dude. So, Biagoro is the Korean transliteration of Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Mogosoyo uh, is passing, did you eat? So, he's like, dude, did you eat Viagra? And I'm like, no. And he's He's driving like he just turns and looks into the rearview mirror so he can see me in the back seat. And he's like, Chincha, really? He's like, uh, like you didn't eat Viagra. I'm like, no, I'm not eating Viagra. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and so as he's trying to this whole time, he's still got his eyes on the rearview mirror. He's driving. We're, we're not like at a light. We are in motion. And his eyes are staring at me. He pulls his wallet out. Again, still staring in the mirror, not looking at the road, not looking at both hands on the wallet. And he pulls out of his wallet some sketchy looking like knockoff Viagra package. And he pops one out. He's like, Yogi, Mogulio, here, eat. And I'm like, what the, what is this shit? And now this is also the day my uh, first day of the new fall semester is starting in the morning. So I'm like, man, I'm really, really like drunk as hell. I need to get home. Like it's almost, it's probably eight or nine o'clock. Like I, I need to go to bed. I don't know what he's got up his sleeve other than Viagra. <laughs> so he hands me this blue tab and, and he's still like, he won't stop staring at the mirror. So I kind of like palm it and do like the whole fake, like glump, glump. Hey, no. Really? Eat that. It's like, all right, man, I guess. I mean, if I can't trust Mr. Lee's pocket Viagra, what can I trust? <laughs> yeah, Sam, I've never known you to turn down a pill before, so. True. <laughs> <laughs> wastebasket pills. Uh, or everything, for that matter. So I pop it, and he tells me that we're going to go meet these, these girls at a, a love motel. And I think I briefly talked about this last time, man. You know, they've got these places you can go rent by the hour overnight, and they're usually not the, the cleanest of places. But I, I sleep in a lot of them because they're cheap. And although they do have really nice ones and really weird ones, too, uh, really Really weird ones. <laughs> so we get to this place and he parks and he's like, all right, man, we're going to go see. She's on the seventh floor. We go up the elevator and he knocks on the door and this woman answers. And that's she's probably about late 
maybe mid late thirties ish Korean woman. And there's nobody else in there. It's just her and he and I, and I'm like, man, this is all just a little odd. So he introduces us and he says, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to run down to the convenience store and bring back some stuff. So he just leaves us in this little love motel at the foot of the bed. It's got this tiny little like love seat thing. And, we take a seat on there and start talking and he comes back a few minutes later with a bag of beers and a, uh, a plate of, <clears throat> excuse me. He comes back with a, a bag of beers and a plate of what they call anju, which is like side dishes or snacks. Cause Koreans don't believe in, and most and Asians in general do not believe that you should just drink without something to munch on. And like even the bars there, like you got to order a half a fried chicken or a thirty dollar plate of fruit and just crazy stuff. So he's got this little convenience store separated, segregated plate there with like little dried anchovies and peanuts and dried seaweed and stuff. So we're kind of sitting there snacking on that, talking. <laughs> Mister Lee finishes like a third of his beer and he puts it down and he's like, "I'm out." And just leaves. And so now I'm just like there with this woman that I've known for maybe 10 minutes <clears throat> who doesn't really speak much English. So we, we start talking, man, <laughs> what's your, your X-rated weird story? Um, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, put, put the kids to bed. Cause I'm not going to censor this. Earmuffs, everybody earmuffs for the little one. There shouldn't be kids listening to this anyway. Or turn it there up. Turn be. it up for the kids. <laughs> Actually go get your kids, Jeff. Bring her in here. So she can, no, she can learn. Uncle Sam can set her straight. So. Oh, you, you think I haven't told you this story before? <laughs> <laughs> Tales of the Orient with Uncle Sam. <laughs> pass out whenever I visit them. So it's just, you know, me and her by the end of the night. Uh, yeah, she can put away quite a few. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's beaten me shots of roulette before. <laughs> so we're just sitting there and I'm like, oh, like, I wonder, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this guy thinks that this young lady and I should be dating. Like, is this the next great love story of my life? She just reaches over and latches on to my honker. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so, we, uh, love, love motels always come with like this little zippered package of stuff. Like there'll be some w women's uh, hygiene products in there. There'll be a comb, uh, some toothbrushes and like single use toothpaste. Um, Q-tips and always a condom or two. So I got to struggle into a love motel condom and, and we, we had some fun and we're like a while later, we're getting cleaned up and, and whatever that, that Viagra stuff, man, I don't know what like Cambodian children made that, but Holy moly. Uh, that was some fast acting to Nacton and, and just wouldn't stop. So like we, we, we did what we did. And I'm like, man, maybe like, this is the part of the day where we, like, we get to know each other. So we, we both take showers and we're on the bed and we're talking and she just kind of like brushes my thigh and boom, back at attention, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we just, like, for, 
hours and hours. Like we would just, we'd go at it. We'd clean up, we'd go at it again and just doom, doom, doom on and off, on and off, on and off. And finally at like some God awful hour, she's like, ah, I got to go home. Cause I, I still live with my parents. Like, ah, this Korean, well, Koreans tend to live with mom and dad until they get married. Uh-huh. And we weren't getting hitched that night. So <laughs> she, uh, she goes, I, I get home and I, I try to sleep, but I can't. Cause like every time I roll over on my belly, boy, oh, boy, boy. Mattress stabbing all night long. And oh, I'm just so uncomfortable. Like I try to take a shower before that first class. And, and just like every time I rubbed up against anything accidentally, like I touch my thigh touches the desk, <laughs> just like jaws like surfacing down there. <laughs> hours of the day, like walking half doubled over, trying to fake a back pain, and it's just like until eight that night, buddy Dirk. Who, uh, you should have talked to our buddy Dirk because he would have told you the way to go with sweatpants and a, and a stack of books because that's what he always did. <laughs> stack of books. <laughs> well, I, I was a professor of freshman English. I don't think sweatpants were exactly proper gear. But yeah, that stuff went for like, I don't know, close to 20 hours, man. Oh, it was like man. God, dude. Like just, just like really low grade speed. So I like kept buzzing and had this kind of like not so distant horniness the whole time. <laughs> and just, just it was a hell of a feeling. Not what I wanted at work. Was, was it kind of like you were sixteen again, or was it just worse than that? I sixteen and on meth maybe. I, I think there was definitely something janky in that that Viagra. Oh thank yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least yeah. when you're at least when you're sixteen you can make it go away for a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I made mine I, I, I hid mine quite a bit and it didn't help at all. I mean that that was probably the the most I've ever done it in a single night in my life. It just, no, I didn't, it did not help, man. But yeah, that was Mr. Lee. Great guy. <laughs> I never, never saw this woman again. And then I, I'm fairly certain he pimped me out. I, I think that chick paid him to bang a foreigner. I, I wow. honestly believe that's, that's ended up what, that's ended up, uh, or what ended up happening there. Wow. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> so did you have any relationship with him after after all this like did you ever talk about it or was just just kind of like well hey man thanks uh good to see you never hear from you again type of thing are you kidding at nine o'clock the next night i was calling off like dude when when are we meeting next no no (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Hey, that's a nice t-shirt you got on there. Oh, thanks, dude. It's brand new. Do you like that? It's one of the official What's Your Weird Story t-shirts. Where'd you get that? It's funny that you ask. I just got it off the brand new Spreadshirt.com site for the What's Your Weird Story podcast. There's no www. You just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what without the apostrophe W-H-A-T-S hyphen Y-E-O dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well it's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors so i guess let me think like one one fat or not fast but like a a, a not not, <laughs> not epic story to to close out this session um yeah Cairo's definitely for another day uh i guess i've got Oh, I've got a really, really horrible one that makes the uh, Viagra and the Dolphin very much like less dirtier than Frozen, but it's not one for recording. <laughs> <laughs> that might be for another day too. Right. I still want to hear that. <laughs> oh, oh, I know. <clears throat> Hubs heard it because I I got drunk and I swore I'd never tell anybody. And then, like, three times in a row, I got really shit-faced and told people. <laughs> like, I've never told anybody this. And then, like, E-Boy in general, like, we heard this one. No! <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not good at keeping my own secrets. I keep other people's secrets, but not my own. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Um... What's what's a, 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 a positive uplifting story to end with? Uh, uh, you could also you could talk you could talk or do you did you think of something, Sam? I, I got like a, a couple little Sam quickies. Uh, okay. Okay. So like when I lived in Korea, and I was single, and I just you know I, I'd have a lot of time off, and uh, it's easy to get around, man. Korea's got 50 million people in a place the size of like Indiana, like half of Oklahoma, 50 million people crowded into it. And uh, two thirds of it's uninhabitable mountains. So imagine, you know, 50 million people crammed into one sixth of Oklahoma. So they've got subways everywhere, trains and buses, easy as heck to get around. And everyone's well, if I had a few days off, I would just go bounce to a train station, a bus station, and just say, hey, I'll take a ticket on the next thing out of here. Right. And I would just go hit random cities, islands, just whatever. And it would lead to just some weird stuff, man. I was at some countryside place one time, and these old guys, they didn't want me, you know, eating alone. So they'd come, you know, drink, eat with us. 
So here I am with these, you know, middle-aged Korean guys in suits. They're all chain smoking and drinking. And so we finish up the restaurant. They're like, you know, come on, come on. We go to Norebang, the singing room. And in the old days, before we had like the big plasma flat screen, OLEDs, LSD TVs, whatever, they would just hook up like, you know, like nine or 16 monitors and have them all wired to show one thing. Mm -hmm. And they're like, all right, man, you know, got to sing Western songs because we got this honky with us. So they're like going through the songbook and they're like, oh, here's Elvis. So they start singing Elvis. And the videos in these places, it's usually like some weird, like random nature shots, like stock footage of nature or uh, just random clips out of old Korean dramas. And it's just, you never know what's going to come on. And I definitely didn't know that I was going to be watching white people porn. Uh, the whole oh. screen, no matter what song they put in, it was just like softcore porn. Just furry, <laughs> furry white people just going to town. And like 1970s leftovers, some 16 millimeter stuff just on these patched together <laughs> monitors. Yeah, it's just you you couldn't I don't know if there's some special thing they had to set that up. It's like a niche. It's like some sort of niche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they got a word for it. Who so. don't know? But well also like a lot of these uh Nore bongs, you go in there with like your company. Like it's they they used to do this thing, we we always jokingly called it mandatory fun. They call it Icha. And E is the number two. So, like, you'd have these work dinners that you would have to go to at the conclusion of the day's business. And so it'd just be, like, you and all these other dudes in suits sitting around getting drunk while you grilled some meat and smoked, like, five packs of cigarettes each. And then you'd go to one of these KTV Nordebong places, and then there'd be girls in there. And so now all of a sudden it's like all you and your coworkers just like throwing the Mac down on all these, you know, youngish chicks. And I had a friend of mine, uh, this guy, a hasher named jam hash named jammies. And he loved to tell the story about how he didn't understand the Korean culture. And so his first work drink dinner thing, he brought his wife who Bed Springs, her, her hash name, Bed Springs is this amazing Alsatian French gal. And I just, I, I love their whole family. I've, I've had many adventures with them. Oh, and um, Bed Springs <laughs> is her last name. Not hash, like hash, 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 hash. Oh, her hash name, her hash name. Okay. <laughs> Still not. Okay. Not okay. too subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. So, she comes out with this work dinner and all the Koreans are just giving him the stink eye and they don't, you know, why is this bitch there? So they go to the KTV room. Like it's just, it was a very weird, awkward evening. He's like, man, they really don't like my form. But when well, they, they tell him the next day, look, you don't bring wives of these. We don't bring our wives. You don't bring your wife. This is just for work people. And he's like, oh, okay. That, that's weird. I mean, he, he worked for Samsung. You know, it wasn't like some private little company. He works for like one of the largest companies in the world. Right. And so their next meeting, their, their next work dinner thing, he goes to, leaves Bed Springs at home and they're tearing it up. They go to the singing room and in comes like the line of girls and you're just sitting there and these, the rooms are just these long, like, uh, 
they do karaoke in these private rooms and they have like these couch things that just fill all the wall space. And so his coworkers are just sitting there getting tugged like right next to it. <laughs> oh my Lord. <laughs> just, they're just boy, girl, girl, tug, tug, tug. Like, ah, that's why you didn't want her to come. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, they I don't know. Save sounds like bucks. Bed Springs might have been up for it. I don't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they uh, the, the the KTVs are weird, weird places. So they they have them in China. And <laughs> but how often did you go to visit these? I I hate karaoke, man. I've always hated karaoke. I so a, a cleaner quickie. Uh, there's this island called uh, uh, Jebudo Jebu Island off the west coast of Korea they've got all these little tiny islands and most of them they've got bridges you can drive out to some you gotta take the ferries and it's just I love the islands man people have run away from them so they're all like small kind of crumbling areas it's just beautiful places and Jebu is one of my two two favorites with uh, Muido and Jebu, to get out there, they have this weird road that they built, but it's only uh, it's only visible during low tide. The the west coast is this long thing of mud flats. Mm. So technically, during low tide, the island's not even an island. You could walk out there, and mm. people go out in this gray mud, and they're out there like digging up clams and little tiny octopus called nakji, and just they're they're going to town looking for some free food. And so it's about like a maybe a mile long walk uh, bridge you can drive out there. And in the old days, you know, they had this toll gate, and it was manned by the Korean military. And so they had restaurants, these really good seafood restaurants on the land side. And so you have people out there like waiting for the tide to go away, and there'd be like a quarter mile or more lined up cars just waiting to go hit this island for the weekend, and everybody would be. In these restaurants are sitting there eating. The dads are getting drunk. The kids are smoking. Just it's just nuts. <laughs> and finally, you'd see the the Korean military had this jeep with a light bar on it, and they drive out to the lowest part of this little land bridge. And the two <laughs> soldiers would get out of the car, and they'd step out there, and they'd watch to see like the last time the wave would even lap up over the concrete. And then they'd get in their Jeep, and they'd turn around and come back in, and they'd raise up the toll gate so you could get over the island. And it was like watching the cannonball run. Just like hundreds of families just making this mad dash for the cars, trying to be the first to get over to the island. It's just, it was wild because, you know, half of them are drunk. Of course, this is back like 15, 20 years ago. They cleaned it up a little. Uh, but there was like this really crappy amusement park out there and just like these different weird like Viking rides and a disco tonga tonga, this big flat wheel thing with hard seats that it would just bounce and spin and try and throw you, you know, no belts or anything. You're just on there loose and drunk. <laughs> nice. Or you're on there loose and drunk. <laughs> well, I was loose and drunk, but there are no belts. <laughs> the only padding was what you had on you. And of course, if there was a foreigner on there, the guy operating it really tried to screw with you. Yeah. And just, it was a magical place, man. They had all this fresh seafood. They had um, 
Sewusogum uh, gui, which is a shrimp, live shrimp that they have this uh, bowl with a big bed of rock salt in it. They heat it up and then they throw the shrimp on top of it and put a glass uh, lid on it. So you just see the shrimp just flopping around, just dying. And I guess it makes it taste better. I don't know. Wow. That's fresh. <laughs> That's fresh. That is fresh. <laughs> and they have like all you could eat shellfish, like clams and stuff. And it's just, oh, it's a great place to just drink and eat and just hang out for the weekend. I had some friends that we'd go out there quite a bit. And when I was doing my master's, I just sometimes like I needed to get out of my apartment to study. And so I just, just like, all right, screw it, man. I'm going to go to random city, man. It's so show up on the Northeast coast where they did the Olympics or out to Jebu Island. And I just, I'd get away and I'd, you know, I'd eat and drink well during the night and I'd study during the day. This one time I get out there and there was a big group of Russians, which is weird because I usually didn't see other foreigners out there. They're like, oh, look, it's the other foreigner on the island. So we start talking and hanging out and they all had a bunch of scooters, but they were staying on, they were on the mainland. I was on the island who was on the mainland one of us is on the mainland uh, <laughs> but sometimes if i came out when the tide was up i just grab a hotel outside the island and just go back and forth but uh no this time i think i was out i was off the ah, i was off the island because i needed internet there used to be no internet on the island and uh so i'm at some love motel just off the bridge and they're like come hang out with us so i, I they all had scooters so i'm like riding back onto the island with these drunk rooskies and we just, you know, walked around and shot stuff and played games and drank and ate. And finally it's like probably three or four in the morning. And I think two of them were arguing or something. And I was like, yeah, this is, uh, I studied tomorrow. Ah, thank you. And so like, I got to go. And like, you can't go. And I'm like, oh, shit. This is where these Russian a-holes are going to rob me and mug me and, like, drag my ass out to the water and drown me. And, well, it was a good 20-something years that I had. Like, no, you can't go. Is high tide. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to walk back through this, like, near-freezing water that went well above my knees and luckily, like, they have some lamp posts along it, so you could kind of gauge that you were semi on the road, but you still had, like, the waves trying to drag at you, and yeah, it was it was a very uncomfortable walk, like, that late at night. I think the, the clouds were covering the stars, you know, everything shut down, so there's no lighting. The, the street lamps had long been off, so I'm just walking in near-pitch black darkness <laughs> on this road in almost, like, balls-deep water. Uh, basiba. <laughs> basiba. Basiba. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Jebu Island. Awesome. Nice. Man, I feel like you probably got thousands of stories, man. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Just the ones I can remember. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hey Barry, yeah. Have you ever seen Have you ever seen a goat sucker? What? Goat sucker, chupacabra. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen one of those? I haven't seen one personally, but I've heard about them. Yeah, me too. If anybody's got a goat sucking story, wait, if you got a goat sucker story, we want to hear it. If you got a Bigfoot story, we want to hear it. If you got a Loch Ness Monster story, or a Lake Champlain story, or Ogo Pogo story, or uh, an Oingo Boingo story, wait, that, that was an 80s band. Anyway, you got a weird cryptid story, we want to hear it. I didn't even know what a cryptid was, man. Yeah, dude, cryptids. They're like uh, the animals that haven't been necessarily proven by science. They're the ones on the edge. You know, they're not necessarily known animals, but they're known animals. We don't have the bodies or anything like that. So they're kind of like half myth, half story based in reality, but still in that weird mystery area that we don't know about yet. Cryptids are fun. They have a show called Surprise, and it's this weird thing where they'd act out like it was, it was a low budget thing. And they take like three or four stories each week and have people act them out for these different segments. And some celebrities had to figure out like I think one was true or one was false, and they had to figure it out. And I actually did an episode of that. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I've wow, got dude. that. I've got on tape. I, I got on Korean TV for a little while there, man. I was a judge on some really insane game show called Pyramid of Dreams. Wow. Dude, see if you can find us online, man. I can't. I've looked for him. I've looked for him in English and Korea. But luckily, I've got I've got surprise on tape. I've got a. It was an episode of in a documentary about uh, like the they were making like China plates. This company. I was in that for a little bit, and then I judged two uh, parts of this game show called Pyramid of Dreams. Except I, I only have this episode on tape. I can't. I can't. I got to get it transferred. Um, but it was this wacky, wacky thing where they took a bunch of people. I assume maybe they were like just out of college or something that age. And they had this big pyramid set up and they, they lived in there. And it was a reality game show. And each season was sponsored by a different Korean company. And the prize was a job at that firm. Wow. Wow. So I don't know which episode this is. I did one for Korean Air, and I did one for an uh, advertising arm of LG. And they were both equally screwed up, man. The uh, the <laughs> LG one, they brought us out to some uh, – it was a ski resort during the off-season. And it was like the final episode. They were down to the final two people, and they had this little car that they were trying to sell the foreigners – and they'd set up this table of like foreign, like a bunch of German sausages and a, bo- a lot of bottles of wine and cheeses all under their hot set lights. And so we're just sitting there eating the food, chugging the wine. This guy, very enthusiastic, he jumps up on the hood of one of the cars to show how sturdy it is. He, he got in trouble for that. Um, <laughs> how did this? Me over. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no. oh so he, he pulls me over. And he's like, look, you know, even for a guy this big, like this, because it was like a little, like a geo, like a metro-ish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, even a guy this big can fit in there. It's Matisse, I think, a local brand. Anyway, so he opens the door and he shoves me in there and closes the door in the little clown car. And he's like, look. And of course, I'm like, well, what, what can I do in here? Yeah, we're in the lobby of a ski resort. So I just start the little bastard up. No! Yeah, I was drunk. What was I supposed to do? 
I came across a thing just they were looking for foreign people to do stuff uh, on TV. So I, I hooked up with this agent that hired for KBS, which is one of their three big networks. And so I just started doing stuff for them every once in a while. I'd get a call, and if I wasn't busy, I'd just go hook it up. So I, I did several episodes. The other one, the uh, Korean Air, was horrible. They had uh, the the job was to be a stewardess because you understand, man. We don't do flight attendants. Those girls are definitely stewardesses, man. There's no political correctness in this shit. And they brought us out to uh, this training facility that Korean Air has out by the old uh, Gimpo Airport. Used to be the national airport in Seoul before they opened up Incheon in uh, 2001. And so they've got this training facility. They got the swimming pool in there. They've got like a mock up of the cabin and. They bring myself out with this foreign, this other like foreign woman, a guy, and some Korean comedian that the three of us had never heard of. And they've built this like little stage up in the center of the swimming pool with a table on it. And they had us sit there. And we're facing the, the edge of this massive pool with a diving board. And they bring out these two groups of women all in uh, not bathing suits, like kind of, I'd say, 1950s. Shadow, not not modern bathing suits by any means, and they'd been doing some games and stuff in the pool, and so there they had this thing where they had an English contest that the three of us were supposed to judge while the Korean comedian made comments, and it had all been set up. So we had like this list of words, and so when each young lady came out to the end of the diving board, we they they knew that like they had one minute or two minutes to talk. And so we would look at them and say, all right, ma'am, your word is service, service. And then she just like on the spot had to make up some nonsensical English commentary about the word service or courtesy or uh, just whatever the hell it was. It was really nonsensical. (laughs) And so in the end, like some of them got dumped in the pool and the the other foreign guy during some of the off time we're talking again, this is back in like 2004. And, you know, so we don't have smartphones or anything like that. He had this big, like some sort of a, a, a tablet. Man, what did they have back in the day? Like a, an organizer thing that happened to have a camera on it. Mm, yeah. And so he's like, dude, let me show you some stuff, man. I'm married, but, and that, that's, you, you hear this like phrase a lot with foreigners in Asia. I'm married, but, and so he starts like throwing out all these like upskirt pictures he's taken with his little organizer oh, thing. Oh my Lord. And it's like, dude, no, like why? I don't know in my entire life. I, I don't know what it is about me, but I'm the kind of guy that people just come up to and meet. And they begin with like, Hi. My name is Franklin, and here's the worst thing I've ever done. I am people's emotional toilet. And uh, take a dump in him. He just showed me all these nasty pictures. I'm like, oh, he's not showing the girl this. so we go through the day, and he's like trying to like get pictures of the, the future stewardesses. Well, a well, only one of them is going to win. So we we judge them and, and we go through all this stuff. And the final contest was they, they got it narrowed down to these two women and they sat us all in this giant mock-up 
of a like it's a life-size mock-up of first class i'm like oh, i finally get to ride first class so the women came in and they had to take turns doing the pre-flight safety briefing and all that stuff and then outside the cabin they had these big long tables laid out with a bunch of equipment and they had to show us what each piece was and explain it and so the three of us no no comedian this time just the furners We've got our notebooks that they gave us, and, and we're, like, grading them on everything. And so, like, you know, you collaborate, decide which one of these two women is definitely the best. And, and it was hands down. Like, we, we knew girl A completely kicked girl B's ass. There was no doubts on any of the three of us, not even close. So, like, we do all of our writing. We talk to the, whoever was supervising us, and, and we hand in our material. And they're like, all right, now, like, you stick around, and in a few minutes, we're going to do, like, the closing ceremony. And the vice president of Korean Air is going to come in, and he's going to award the job to the, the winner of the contest. You know, and this is something they've been involved with. I don't know how many episodes. I mean, it's probably been on for, like, a month or two. They've devoted, you know, a big chunk of their lives to this. They've got all these hopes and dreams. And we've picked the absolutely best candidate for the job. <laughs> this guy comes in with the two girls and we're sitting there watching and we suddenly realize it's not going right girl b won the contest and we're like no girl a like you guys are racist because you can't tell them to apart and so like we afterwards we ask him like dude what you know what happened here and and the the woman our handler she's like oh well the vice president, he he reviewed what you said, but he also thought that girl B was prettier. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's so that, that's how I, I did not pick a stewardess for <laughs> Korean Air. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, so back to the pyramid thing. Tell me a little bit more about that. They're living in a pyramid or whatever, like... It was some sort of like structure that they would erect outside of like wherever they were doing this. So they mm-hmm. had this giant, uh, and I don't know what it was made out of, plexiglass stage material, whatever. And so, yeah, it was just something like, because this was Korean Air, so it was outside the Korean Air training facility. Oh, okay, same thing. Some parking lot or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, cool. Wow. And they yeah, just had like their cots or rooms or whatever set up in that, and they just hung out. Wow, crazy! That's crazy, dude. That is crazy. And technically, it's illegal to work off of your visa, so these were never jobs. I wink, wink, volunteered to do them, and they just right, handed right. us an envelope of cash at the end, right, <laughs> as a thank you for right. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, oh, man. man. Thanks for coming yeah, on. Dude. Yeah, Sam. So much fun, oh. buddy. Oh, I'm loving this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Barry. Yeah. What's the weirdest job you've ever had? Yeah. That's a good question. It would either have to be the time that I worked at a cattle feedlot or the time that I worked for a Greek painter. Were you his model? Uh, not quite. Well, you know, it's funny because one of my weirdest jobs was being in a model in art school. 
but it was portraits, not full body nude. The reason I'm asking is because those jobs may be kind of normal, but we know people are out there that have weirder jobs than that. Maybe you're a mortician. Maybe you're a scientist trying to bring back the dinosaurs or the woolly mammoth. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. If you guys out there have weird jobs, unusual jobs, crime scene photographer, maybe you worked at an adult educational film set. If you know what I mean, wink, wink. Just something that's unusual, out of the ordinary, and, you know, a little bit weird. Hey, those are cool stories, too. We'd love to hear those. So give us a call or an email or whatever. You know how to get a hold of us. Be part of the community of Weirdsville. Sam, wow, thank you for sharing your Life is a juggalo, which is something I have been so <laughs> interested in. And I, I've i known a few juggalos on the down low. You know, like, uh-huh. like I don't think they ever knew that I knew, you know. Uh, right. So I never brought it up in subject because it's always one of those things like I want to be respectful, you know. But I'm so, <laughs> I'm so curious. I'm afraid that I'll come off as disrespectful. So I don't even broach the subject. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Sam is, uh, man. Okay, I'm. I, I, I'll admit, I juggalos if are just they're a whole other breed, and uh, typically they are a. Uh, I mean, you know, they're they're a wild bunch. They're they're interesting, and they're um, you know, uh, Sam's my only friend. That's a juggalo. As well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this that those stories, and I've heard more. Uh, of his, you know, juggalo lifestyle. But, uh, yeah, he, those right there are just prime Sam. Those are prime juggalo. Him just standing on a stage, just, you know, whacked out of his mind in a long coat, duster jacket that he got from, you know, from Marlboro Miles that he didn't even smoke the cigarettes unintentionally exposing himself to thousands and thousands of people <laughs> that that's, is sam oh it's wonderful all written all over it that's, man. A wonderful. that's, that's just him nutshell. he's a he's a he's a free spirit man he's a free yeah. spirit let's just say that yeah. and he and we got more stuff coming up from sam which will just further solidify sort of these ideas um that i have in my mind about him but he he just has a way of just sort of just going with the flow and he just yeah, enjoys, I, he enjoys the experience of life. And that is, I, I you can't help but like that and, and, and really yeah. just uh, love and respect a guy that just is all about taking it in. I, I love that aspect of it. And then yeah. furthermore, the dating stories uh were just so great and and the fact that he might have been prostituted is absolutely yeah. one of the funniest stories i think i've heard <laughs> once again man only sam is you know can accidentally stumble into sex work without knowing it it's great uh, but apparently you know hey you know <laughs> got a thumbs up and you know he's good, did a good job apparently so you know. man's got to do what a man's got to do Oh, that's great. <laughs> Sam's got to do what a Sam's got to do. <laughs> that's right. Oh. Uh, 
Well, and you know, that is the thing. Like when you live in a foreign country and you're trying to sort of uh, figure out the dating scene, there's so many things that are just culturally odd uh, from, you, you know, usually from the way that you grew up and you're just trying to figure that out, you know. So you, you may not think yeah. that something is on the is on the weird, you know, but how would you know until you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Well, you know, hey, it, Sam worked it out and he figured it all out and, you know, he found his love of his life and his wife there and uh, those are the same one person as well. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, and um, Sam always has, you know, he's always coming up smelling like roses, dude. You That's know, wonderful. he's a, he's a, he's a, He's a he's a hardworking guy. He is, um, you know, he knows um, how to just like you said, like go with the flow. But uh, it's you know he that's his 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 life is just full of these crazy adventures that you know we don't normally have, and you know, and those are they're weird, you know, compared to like our normal average everyday lives, man. Yeah, those seems full of weird. And, you know, his entire family, they've got it. So it's great to have friends like that who have just weird, unusual experiences of the, you know, normal kind, quote unquote, you know, um, but as well as is to have, you know, our friends and, and guests who have the experiences of the unusual, the unnormal, the paranormal and supernatural kind. So, absolutely, you know, I mean, it's just it's everything, you know, it's. I guess it's like Sam, pretty much everything goes here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. If it's weird, uh, we, we, we want to hear it. And um, there's stuff that, you know, maybe it doesn't go on air. There's definitely stuff that Sam told us that couldn't go on air. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> but, hey, it's always fun to hear people's stories. So if you got some weird stories, let us know. And, uh we will be. We would love to hear them. We'd love to talk to you. Love you. Have you on the, on the show here? So that's going to do it for this week. Next week we have Bub Holla. Nice. Um, a friend. Another friend that uh, our good our good buddy Emotron uh, hooked us up with. Yeah. Um, so we got Bub Holler coming. Or you know, or he found us through Emotron, one way or the other. Tron is our gatekeeper. He's gotten yeah. us uh, many new friends. Bob Hall is coming, and he's got some great stories about being a kid and uh, growing up in a uh, in a mansion yeah. that uh, wasn't his. Yeah, and uh, very cool, and very maybe, cool, and maybe maybe haunted, maybe so weird stuff, but cool stuff. That's right. So you'll have to tune in and check that out. But in the meantime. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. Stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.